Matthew 24. That's where we're going to start today. Matthew 24, verse 45. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made rule over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him into and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Sometimes when there's a delay, it says that, verse 48, my master is delaying his coming. Sometimes when there's a delay, the temptation is to uproot and move on. The temptation is to give up and say, it's never going to happen. He's not coming. He's not delivering. He's not going to do what I thought he was going to do. The temptation is to uproot and give up and just move on when there's a delay. One of the values in this house, as we go through Psalm 92, Psalm 92, it it covers the values of our house. This specific house, this is a house of revival. We believe a a house of revival is going to be fresh and flourishing and producing great fruit for the kingdom all the way into our old age. That's what we believe. But there's values there. And one of those values is patience. Because we see the workers of iniquity around us, we see them flourishing. We see them jumping up quick, springing up like grass. I, I love the springtime. I love the fall. I, I got a buddy. He does, uh, he, he does some seeding for us. He'll come in and, and he'll seed our lawn. And I, I love it because all these really rough areas where my kids like just run back and forth in the same spot over and over all summer long, and it just becomes a dirt patch. All of a sudden, like, I, I get to see, like, a little bit of growth. I get to see a, just a little bit of green starting to, like, pop up. And it, and it happens suddenly and it happens quickly. But I'm telling you, as the summer goes on, it does not last. Like, my kids, like, they have certain paths. Like, they, they run and they tread over. And I mean, it, it's every year. It never fails. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of grass. It comes up quick and I, I get excited. I'm like, yes, there we go. It doesn't take long before it is gone and back to dirt again. And so as you begin to see those like outside of God's house, as you begin to see what what you think of as as just fresh and flourishing, like they're springing up, they're having success, like it it just looks like something like you want, like it's green, and and you're like, man, I, I want that. There's that temptation to say, maybe what I need isn't in God's house. Maybe what I need is outside the house, and I need to go outside the house to get what I need. No, no, I'm telling you. Everything you need is in the house. When Elijah told the widow to go get whatever was in your house, she had just a little bit of oil, and she went and got it. It was in the house. Even though she thought she was poor, she thought she didn't have anything, she thought she was like, I have nothing, we're gonna die? Elijah said, no, 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 what do you got in your house? And she looked, she did an evaluation of what was in her house, and she said, well, there's a little bit of oil. And he said, go, go and gather all these containers and start to fill them up with the oil. And and the oil didn't run out until she ran out of containers. Everything she needed was in the house. Everything you need 
is in God's house. Everything you need. There's oil in the house. The Holy Spirit, he's here in the house. He's with you. He's here within you. But you got to stay connected. You got to stay connected to the source of the oil. That's God's house. That's God's church. That's his design. Sometimes we get tempted, like the ten virgins. Five of them carried extra oil. Five of them just carried the lamp, and they said, this is enough oil. I, I don't need any more. And when the master came back, they were not ready. When the bridegroom came back, they were not ready for the wedding. And they had to go and get extra oil. But the ones who were ready, they carried the oil with them. They carried extra. The oil was precious to them. His presence was precious. In this house, his presence is precious to us. It's valuable. It's more valuable than gold. It's more valuable than silver. It's the most valuable commodity that we could ever ask or think or imagine in this world. That's what we should want more of, more of the oil, more of his presence. Stay patient and planted in his house because everything you need is here within the house. There's oil in the house. This is how you carry extra oil with you. When you get disconnected from the house, when you say, no, 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 I, I got just enough oil. I got just enough of the Holy Spirit. Like I went, I went to church last month. It was good. I got filled up. I got, you know, people prayed for me. I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I'm great. I can just go and do this thing on my own now. No, no, no. What you're doing is you're choosing not to carry extra oil with you. You're choosing to disconnect from the source of the oil, God's body, God's church. And you begin to believe, no, 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 I, I can just do this and walk through this world on my own. No, stay connected to the house. This is the source for the oil. This is the source. We've got to stay connected and planted together. When there's a delay, there's a temptation to move on or to believe the master's not coming back. Matthew 24. Verse 48, but if the evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming, what does he do? He begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. In a season of delay, it's tempting to just tear everything and everyone around you down. In fact, it's, it's tempting to attack the house that you're planted in. When you don't see everything come to fruition that you thought God was going to do, it's really tempting to just begin to, uh, I mean, some of you, you've been in this season before. I've been in this season before. To just bash on the house that you're planted in because you didn't see everything happen that you thought God was going to do, that you thought God had spoken to you, that you thought God had put on your heart and said, here's a dream, here's a vision, here's what I'm showing you. This is going to happen and take place in the house. But in a delay season, the temptation comes to begin to beat our fellow servants to tear those within the church here, the body within us, to tear them down, to beat them. I'm not talking like you're going around, you're physically beating people in the church. Some of you, you might be tempted to do that. Don't do that, okay? But no, I'm saying, like, hey, there's this temptation to go around and just beat up your church, beat up the people that you've been fellow servants with, and to begin to tear them down and tear the church down. The church, we, we have a bad temptation towards that. Now with social media especially, what do you do? How do people build a platform now? People build platforms now over tearing the church as a whole down. 
They'll pick pastor or church or whatever movement they want, and they'll just say, here you go, false teachers, or you know, these guys are terrible, they're terrible for this reason. And we just tear and pull the body of Christ apart. It's because we're in a delay season, and really what's going on inside of us is we're a little bitter, we're a little bit angry, that we haven't seen what we thought God was going to do. We haven't seen it in our time. Let me tell you something. God is outside of time. His time looks way different than our time. When we're praying, when we're asking God, we're seeking him out on something, we want it right now. For him, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. He doesn't go off our schedule. He doesn't go off our timeline. For him, the answer's already been yes on some of these things. For Abraham, when he told him around age 85, like, you're going to be the father of many nations, Abraham was probably thinking, like, great, this year, like, we're getting pregnant, we're having a baby. Abraham Abraham and Sarah, they, they didn't have Isaac until Abraham was 100. That's 15 years. Well past the time that most normal people have children. I mean, 85 was already going to be a miracle. 100, I I mean, we're talking, like, in Hebrews it says, he was almost as good, he was as good as dead. Like, that's it. He was as good as dead. But God already said it. It's done. And Abraham had faith that it was done. Even in the delay. Hold on to faith. The temptation is going to be there to fight and bicker and to be mad and to take your anger out on others. Don't let bitterness get a hold of you. Don't let that anger get a hold of you. Walk in patience in this season. Stay planted in this season. Verse 49, he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. When you're in a delay season, temptation, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come from every angle. When you're in a delay season, you're going to be tempted from at every front, I promise you. You're going to be tempted in the flesh in every way because the devil knows. When you're in a delay season, when, when God hasn't done what you thought he was going to do in the timing that you wanted or desired him to do it, the devil knows, this is where I can come and I can get you. Because there's that little seed that the devil plants of bitterness within you, that little seed of discontentment. And that's what he does. He attacks you in that season and says, see, God, God didn't really say this. God isn't really going to do this. God's not really going to come through. And he sows that seed of discontent and bitterness. And what we begin to do is we almost just take it out through our flesh and say, yeah, you're right. We, we almost begin to just do this as an act of, I'm going to show God. He doesn't know what's best for me. And we know God's heart, and we know this will hurt him if I turn from him, and I turn to the flesh, and I seek after all these things, and we, and we almost, we, we turn against him in those delay seasons. That's the temptation. We act out because we're children. We are. This is what children do. When children don't get what they want when they want it, what do we do? We, we act out. And sometimes a lot of us in here, we're adults and we think we're above that. No, no, no. Like we're still children. <laughs> like we are. He is God the Father. 
And so there's that temptation in these seasons to give in to the flesh, to feed the flesh, whether that's through pornography, whether that's through an affair, whether that's through overeating, overdrinking, whatever it is. There's some kind of temptation that he's going to throw at you in a delay season especially because he knows there's a little seed of bitterness that he's got planted there saying, look, God didn't do what you thought he was going to do when you thought he was going to do it. Verse 50, the master of that servant, he will come on a day when he is not looking for him at an, at an hour that he is not aware of. It's just like the ten virgins. Five were ready, five were not. When the, uh, uh, when the master came back, five were ready, five were not. He's going to come at an hour when, that you're not aware of. Be ready. Because what does it say? Verse 51, he will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping and gnashing of teeth was a, a common term. It just meant like you were in so much pain that you would gnash and grind your teeth together until you had no teeth. It was only gums. Be patient in a season of delay. First Samuel 22, verses 1 through 2. David, when he first found out he was going to be king, he was a kid. When the prophet Samuel came and anointed him with the oil and told him, you're going to be the king of Israel someday. He's probably thinking, like, this is great. This is awesome. And then, and then he even began to see promotion. He began to see himself elevated. The king, like, uh, the king brought him into his house, and he became his own personal musician. He went to the battle lines and he slayed Goliath with one stone. People began to sing songs about him as a kid. I'm sure he was beginning to think, like, it, this is it. This is, it's happening faster and faster. Like, the day is coming. Like, Saul's time as king is about to end, and it's my time to reign. David didn't become king until he was 30. And he spent most of his 20s on the run from King Saul. As King Saul turned against him in pride, envy, jealousy, and began to try to kill him and hunt him down. And had the entire kingdom trying to hunt him down. And many of his psalms, you can go back and read through psalms, and you'll see a man, a young man, who was struggling in a season of delay, but choosing to stay patient, choosing to stay planted and trust that if God said it, he's going to do it. Choosing to trust that his timing is better than his own. And that season of delay, if we will walk in patience in those seasons, there's something beautiful that happens. 1 Samuel 22, verse 1. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. This is when he's on the run. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. First his family came to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them. 
and there were about 400 men with him. In a delay season, sometimes the people God is going to bring to you, it's not going to look like what you thought. Like, like you thought you were going to be king. You thought he was going to bring you like, like the greatest army in the whole world. You thought he was going to bring you all these great people to surround you. And he was just like lifting you up. He was promoting you. Instead, you're on the run and you're living in a cave. And who does he bring to you? Who does he bring to David in that season of delay? Everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. You might be in a delay season and God might be bringing some people around you and you're kind of like, I don't want them, I don't want them, I don't want to be around them. Trust who God is bringing you in a delay season. Because those people didn't stay in that season. In fact, those people became later on known as David's mighty men. God elevated those people. He elevated them because they followed the anointing. They knew the anointing was on David. The Holy Spirit, his presence was on David. It was, he was on his life. They knew it and they saw it. Other people in the kingdom saw it, but they missed it. They saw David, but they didn't see the anointing. They just saw a boy. They saw a young man. They saw a man that, that Saul wanted to kill, and Saul was king. And so everybody said, yeah, yeah, that's it. it, it Saul's king. We've got to follow him. They, they were following the flesh. But there were 400 people who saw David the way that God saw David. And they saw what he was doing. And because they followed the anointing and because they stayed planted under God's anointed, the Holy Spirit moved and worked. And he produced miracles out of that group. You can go through and read about David's mighty men and some of the accomplishments and how God used that group. But he elevated those people he elevated them out of a place of distress in their life, out of a place of debt in your life, out of a place of discontentment in their lives. So you're here today. You're here today because you know that there's something on this church. That's the anointing. That's God's presence, the Holy Spirit. And you're here today and you know, you, you feel that. You're distressed, you're worried, you're sick, you're anxious. You're discontented in life. Like everything you look at, you're just like, it's not good, it's terrible, it's not the way I thought it was gonna be. My life doesn't look the way I wanted it to look right now. You're distressed, you're in discontent, you're in debt. He brought him the three D's right there, distress, discontent, and debt. Some of you are here today, you're in debt. You, you don't know what to do about it. You don't know how to get out of it. Stay planted in God's house. That's what he wants for you this year. He wants to bring you out of that place. But it means you leave the world, you leave everything you've known, and you, cho you choose to rebel against the world's ways. You choose to rebel against the world's ways and follow God's ways and follow God's king, Jesus. That's what you choose to do. And as you do, as you get planted in his house, he, he brings you up. He raises you up. He grows you up in the house. Your roots grow down deep, and he begins to strengthen you and grow you up into something that nobody ever thought you could become. 
because it's supernatural what he does when we get planted in God's house. He takes us out of distress, he takes us out of discontent, and he takes us out of debt as we follow him and we learn to obey his voice. Listen to him in this season. Follow him in this season. Stay planted in his house. Even when there's a delay, even when you're not walking in what you thought you were going to be walking in yet, trust that even in a season of delay, God is working and moving behind the scenes, and he is shifting things supernaturally. Begin to walk in obedience in this season, in every area of life. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get filled with his presence and learn to listen to his voice. And he'll begin to tell you whether to go right or to left or or, or go straight on this path. He'll tell you which way to go and how to walk. You'll begin to read his word and he'll begin to give you fresh revelation in this season. And he'll teach you. And as he teaches you things from his word, guess what? As we follow in obedience to his word, everything else just seems to melt away. The discontent, the distress, and the debt. If we'll follow him and walk in obedience to him, everything just begins to take care of itself. And he'll transform your life. And you'll see as you stay planted in his house, your life's not going to look the same one year from now, five years from now, ten years from now. You're going to look back and say, it's by his presence, by his power, It's by his Holy Spirit that he brought me out of that place and has brought me into a new place, a better place. James 5, verse 7. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. Once again, there's that temptation to turn on your fellow servants in this season, to turn against each other. Don't grumble about each other, or you'll be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Daniel 10. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. When the vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time, I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. On April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. 
So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me, and my face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted, and I lay there with my face to the ground. Just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. Sometimes in a, in a delay season, we just need that reminder. We just need to hear that right now. You are very precious to God. Some of you, you're in here today. You need to hear that. You are precious to God. You're his man. You're his woman. You're his son. You're his daughter. You are precious to him. Don't forget that in a season of delay. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. In a delay season, listen carefully to the Lord. Open his word. Don't just skim it. Don't just try to get through it. Listen carefully. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. Be obedient. When the Lord gives you a command, be obedient right away. Walk in obedience to his voice. Obedience opens you up to sensitivity to his voice. Sometimes we complain or we get mad or we get angry. I don't hear God. I don't feel like he's speaking to me. Just learn to be obedient because that will amplify his voice in your life. When you do hear him, when he does speak something, do it right away. If he tells you to stand, if he tells you to move, if he tells you to go, if he tells you to listen, be obedient. Verse 12, then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God. If you don't know what to pray, ask God for understanding and humble yourself before him. Your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. Sometimes when there's a delay, you have to understand, what you see in the natural, you have no clue what's going on behind the scenes. This is just like, I mean, God opens up the veil here and just gives us a picture of something that's happening behind the scenes. Sometimes when Daniel, here he is, 21 days, he, he hasn't gotten an answer. He, he's just kind of wondering, like, man, does God even hear my prayers? Is God even listening? What's going on in the supernatural? We have no clue in the unseen realm. Gabriel here is caught up in this battle in the supernatural with the prince of the kingdom of Persia. I'm not saying every prayer, like, you know, some of us, we, you know, think, oh, I'm just like Daniel. My prayers, they're getting blocked by a battle in Persia. I'm not saying that's for everyone, all right? But I am saying this gives us a picture of what's going on behind the scenes. 
And so there are some things that work sometimes. Like the devil wants you to be delayed. The devil wants to delay you because he knows if he can get you in a season of delay, you'll give up and you'll walk away. He can't steal anything from you. He can't take anything from you. He has no authority over those who are in Christ. We walk in complete victory. But if there's a delay, he can get us to believe, he can convince us that what God said isn't going to happen, that what God said isn't true. It's what he did with Eve. He convinced her that what God had told her, it wasn't actually fully true. It wasn't actually what was good for her. He wants to get you to believe in a delay season that God's not coming through. Now I'm here to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was speaking to me, I looked down at the ground, unable to say a word. Then the one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing in front of me, I'm filled with anguish because of the vision I have seen, my Lord, and I'm very weak. How can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt my strength returning. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. There's that second reminder. You are precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. As he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, Please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. Ask God to speak to you. In a moment of worship, ask him to speak to you. His word, it will strengthen us in those delay seasons. Ask him to speak to you. Be open to what he says to you. Be obedient to what he says to you. He replied, do you know why I have come? Soon I must return to fight against the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And after that, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Greece will come. Meanwhile, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one helps me against these spirit princes except Michael, your spirit prince. There's things happening behind the veil that we have no clue about. In a delay season, believe this, that you are precious to God and that God is for you, not against you. Don't let the devil convince you to uproot and to give up in those delay seasons. Remember to practice patience and endurance in those seasons. Worship team, I'm going to invite you up as we get ready to close here. And we've got a, a baby dedication also today. And I'm going to invite that couple, Andrew and Kayla and Lyndon. If you guys would just come up here and, and wait off to the side. And Steph, would you come up here for the baby dedication also? We'll do that before we get into this last song of worship. In Genesis chapter 21. It's after Abraham has finally received the promise. His child Isaac has been born to him. And then he has this moment with this king Abimelech, and they make a treaty. They make a covenant. And in verse 32, it says, After making their covenant at Beersheba, Abimelech, he left with Phicol, the commander of his army, and they returned home to the land of the Philistines. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba. 
And there he worshiped the Lord, the eternal God. And Abraham lived as a foreigner in Philistine country for a long time. He planted a tamarisk tree. This was a tree, it was special. It could survive in harsh desert climates. It's resilient. So to a Jewish person in the Middle East, when they read this, they knew, you don't just plant a tamarisk tree for yourself, you're planting it for generations to come. Because they sprout up and they're resilient and they provide shade in a harsh desert climate. And he worshiped the Lord, the eternal God. He came to a greater understanding of who God was, that God was outside of time, that he's everlasting, he's never ending. He came to a greater place of understanding of who he is in a delay season. Sometimes that's what God wants you to see and know and understand. To hold on to faith, to hold on to patience and endurance in a delay season. To know that he's coming through. Abraham, he planted this tree for future generations. These trees, they produce over 500,000 seeds a year. They can withstand drought. They have deep ranging roots. It's funny, in America right now, they're considered pests because they draw out scarce water with their deep roots and displace native species. I believe tamarisk trees, they're symbolic of God's people. Because in a dry season, we seek out the water, we seek out the Holy Spirit. And we continue to grow down deep roots in his house, believing that the water's there that everything we need is there in his house. And that's what we're seeing right now. We've been in a season in this country of drought, but I'm telling you there's revival happening. It's taking place as God's people choose to grow down deep roots in his house. We're drawing out the water that we thought was gone. He's still here, he's still moving, and his people are beginning to thrive again as we let our roots grow down deep within him. And the world around us, they see us as a pest. But I'm telling you, eventually they'll begin to see us and they'll say that's where the blessing is, that's where the shade is from the heat of this world. Beersheba, where he planted these trees, it was right on the edge of the promised land. And if you know the history of the Israelite people, they didn't just move right into the promised land and that was it. No, no, no. They spent a season of slavery in Egypt. And as they would have been coming back from Egypt, their time in Egypt as slaves, towards the promised land that God had promised them, right on the edge of the promised land 
is where he planted these tamarisk trees. And they would have known this story. They would have been familiar with this story. And so as they were coming out of slavery from Egypt, they would have seen in the distance tamarisk tree upon tamarisk tree. Trees as far as the eye could see. And they would have known, this is it. We're coming into the promised land. This is the place he promised us. This is the place he told us about. This is the place we've been passing on to our kids generation after generation and saying, someday God's going to take us out of this place of slavery and he's going to bring us into a place of freedom. It's a place where our father Abraham, he planted this tree as a sign that God is everlasting. Ecclesiastes 11. Send your grain across the seas and in time profits will flow back to you. But divide your investments among many places for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. When clouds are heavy, the rains come down. Whether a tree falls north or south, it stays where it falls. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. We plant our seed by faith, but we continue to work. We continue in every season to work at what God has called us into and to walk by faith. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another. We won't be the servant that saw God's delay as a time to fight against each other, as a time to feed the flesh. No, we saw it as a time to continue working. We know we sowed a seed We planted something, and God is bringing the growth. And while he's bringing it, while we're waiting, we're going to continue to move forward in faith and continue to work at bringing his kingdom down on earth as it is in heaven. 